Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Throat Punch Monday. I'm your host, VTT's Pacific Tita, aka Len, and I have VTT's mental health warrior Clifford joining me as well, and Dr. Jenna. And she's going to be talking to us about her career and um, being a military spouse and all of that. Um, so it is the month of May, and we're going to be talking about all kinds of stuff, because I mean, like I've looked up this calendar, right? And so, you know how each month there's like you're celebrating something national, like it's literally American Cheese Month. <laughs> um, and then I just found out that it's also Celiac Disease Awareness Month. And actually, the team Cliff and Jenna have a lot to you know say about that. And um, it's moving National Moving Month and Barbecue Month. National Barbecue. <laughs> My family out in Kansas City, Barbecue Rocks. <laughs> so anyway, Cliff, go ahead and um, take us away if you have anything to oh, share. Oh, yeah. So, you yes. know, Veterans Trash Talk, you know, you know, we're part of that group and, and they have T-shirts. And I'm, I'm very excited to announce that um, I got my the, the Mental Health Warrior T-shirts are done and they're out. And I want to show you guys the first one. Awesome. Because it says Ooh. this actually is my 69 Mustang on. It's green. I don't know if you guys can tell if it's green with my background. I like that. It says Mental Health Warrior. And then on the back, it says, uh, if you're in crisis, text home to 741741 to speak to your crisis counselor. So it's a T-shirt you can have that can may actually save a life. Uh, a lot of people, I'm surprised, don't know about the texting number. Um, and any, anybody can text that. You don't have to have insurance. It's free. Mm-hmm. Uh, we text that number and and if you're you know um you know lynn you remember when linda was on the show she talked about that you yeah know, with her daughter mm-hmm. uh, about you know kids being able to text and then and then they'll get you online with the counselor and you can talk about anything um you know what's going on in your life you're being bullied or or if you're suicidal or just anything and they'll get you the help that you need and so um, I was actually talking with her and, and came up with the idea for the teacher. So uh, I'm super excited to have them. We got them now. And uh, I just wanted to show everybody them. They're not available yet on the website, but soon to be available on the website, I hope. So um, awesome. when, are, when are they launching? Do you know? Um, well, we got them. We, I, I ordered 150 for myself for my business. Um, okay. And I haven't just I haven't talked to Nick yet about putting them on the website, but um I, th- I think I'm going to ask him if they will, because I think it's a good thing, right? You, you can yeah. wear a t-shirt and it has a text number. You never know who's going to see it and save a life. I got my uh, teenage son wearing them. And, and Dr. Bianca, if, if you want one, tell me your shirt size. I'll be more than happy to uh, bring you one the next time I see you. I know I gave you coffee cups the last time I was in your office. and Which we love. We love the coffee cups. <laughs> so just let me know your size. And, and if you got a, a, you know, somebody, I don't remember the other person. Okay, time out. So if anybody doesn't know, and you're going to find out, Dr. Valenia, is that right? Did I say that right? Valenia? Yeah. Valenia? Yep. Valenia, um, yep. Is my hearing doctor. So that's just how I met her and, and visiting with her. I thought she was a really awesome lady and and was really inspired by her and her story and, and how she became a doctor. And I was told then, I said, we got to get her on our show. Um, so that's, uh, so now you got a little background. I, I know a little bit about her. She helps me with my hearing problem. You know, for me, you know, I was injured in Iraq and, and lost my hearing's pretty bad. She'll tell you that. Yes. Wait, <laughs> are you part of the 3M lawsuit? Did you get some money back from that? <laughs> I didn't join it, but I probably yeah. should have. I mean, yeah. my I've hearing getting calls. normal prior to deployment. And I have the hearing test prior to deployment mm-hmm. normal coming back from the deployment. Yeah. 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 And that was 2006, 08. So that was right mm-hmm. around that time frame. 
it was around that time frame. And so I remember I contacted a law group because I think it was COVID and there was nothing else to do. And we're like, you know, we were like sitting at home. And I'm like, oh, let me just let me just see what this what this is about. And they said if you used it was the black ones or the yellow ones. And we were issued those on the ship because there's certain parts of the ship where it gets so loud that you, so we had it like in a little medicine bottle almost. And then we had it strapped to our belt. So we had it strapped to our belt. And every time we went through those areas, we had to put plug them in. But um, yeah, so they were like, oh, you're entitled. But then I heard that they're only giving like dollars. (laughs) So you're probably only going to get like $3 or something. Which is kind of sad, but I I don't know. I don't know how many, I don't, join the original lawsuit. I don't know how all that works, but yeah. yeah. So, you know, one thing I didn't realize is, is when you hear things bad, you don't realize it is when the hearing aids in my ears for the first time, I, I couldn't believe it. I was almost in tears because I was hearing things that, that I hadn't heard in forever. Now everything's like super loud and I don't want to get in, get into that too much, but um, she's had to tweak my hearing aids a couple of times, but that's a, the normal process. Um, you know, when you get hearing aids, cause your brain has to kind of reproprogram itself, I think to get used to the sound. Cause it wasn't hearing it. And of course I have ringing in my ears. Uh, well, really I know bad. that um, you just retired, right. And your wife yeah. is still active duty. So you have mm-hmm. TRICARE and you mm-hmm. have the VA. So mm-hmm. did you use Dr. Uh, Valenia through TRICARE or through VA? Uh, TRICARE. 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 Okay. Yeah. I yeah. Just... And so TRICARE, do they cover the hearing aids? They do. That's if awesome. you are TRICARE prime active duty okay. um, and that's for active duty members and then their dependents as well. But the second you are on TRICARE select, TRICARE prime retiree, um, you have to try to go through the VA if you're the person that did serve. Um, and then if you're a family member, that benefit goes away. So the military community, they care a lot about you while you're active duty as far as your hearing health. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and they really, uh, we work with the PCM to get it approved. There are strict guidelines just with everything with TRICARE as far as what we can get approved. Um, but the nice thing is, is as long as you meet the requirements, um, you get those hearing aids, no cost to you through your insurance. So I always encourage people that are TRICARE prime active duty, get those hearing tests, especially if you are going to be deploying things like that, that baseline test becomes so valuable at that point, especially if you are looking to claim a change. Um, And we do more comprehensive testing than your hearing van that um, pulls up up to the pier. Yeah, he's told me a story about that. Um, mm-hmm. I did make him sit after deployment and get. Uh, now, I have a, I have a question. So, you know how yeah. sometimes husbands don't listen or are they deaf or are they not listening? Because like my husband's active duty. He has TRICARE. I need to uh, refer him out to you. You know, yes. so ladies, with active know. duty husbands, send them. <laughs> they they might probably, listen better. Who knows? There's probably a little bit, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B in there. <laughs> I heard that like men um, just tune out sometimes higher pitches. And so they're able to zone out their wives talking all the time. It's a terrible inconvenience. That's the first thing that you lose <laughs> as you get older is high frequencies. And mm-hmm. that tends to be where women's voices are. So a lot of times they're like, well, my wife says this, my partner says this, my girlfriend says this, I, they're all mumbling, it, I'm fine. 
And sometimes they are mumblers because I've met them too. And I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah, you are a mumbler and you are talking quite soft. Um, and then other times I'm like, let's talk about how your partner is a mumbler. And also let's talk about getting you to hear a little bit better too. So <laughs> it is a, um, a nice session for everybody involved. We say that hearing aids or any type of treatment for hearing loss, whether that's identifying different ways to communicate is beneficial for the entire family. Everybody benefits. Everybody wins. <laughs> you know, it's, you it's hear funny, that, husbands? But, uh, <laughs> Everybody you wins. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you bring up a good point. I just want to go back to it is that a lot of people don't understand that TRICARE Select does not cover hearing aids. And so if you're on active duty, um, be sure before you leave, especially if your family member has a hearing problem, uh, to get that taken care of prior to uh, yeah. in case you can go on TRICARE Select. And also, if you are retiring, you can go into the VA system. Um, I found this out that mm-hmm. because I retired last August, that if if you have because I'm doing a soft entry into the VA. But if I had those hearing aids now, let's say I switch to the VA, they have to continue with the current hearing aids that I have or something very similar to. Um, so that's important too, if you're active duty military retiring uh, to get those hearings tests done and be sure and get that done prior to you walking out the door because it makes it a lot easier um, for me because my wife was still active duty. Um, I had the availability to do a soft entry into the VA and it makes things a lot easier. Um, so I feel like um, when you process out, that's part of like, you know how you have to do all the medical evaluations, like hearing is part of that. And mm-hmm. so I think a big thing is that if you're active duty, don't lie. Don't just sit there and keep clicking the button. If you don't hear it, like if you don't hear anything, you don't hear anything, you know? And that's, that's another big deal is that like, we're just so trained to just suck it up and keep moving. Like even when it comes to hearing and we've been around, like I lived on an aircraft carrier underneath the airplanes and the arresting gears and the catapults. It it, it was loud, you know? That's also why all of you can fall asleep anywhere because Mm -hmm. you are so, you are so used to having that. constant noise on in the background, which is also why a lot of people that have served or are currently serving, whether you're deployed or not, are experienced the ringing in the ears too. You're exposed Mm -hmm. to whether it's constant noise, exactly. So whether that's constant or in relation to a blast, there's so much more than just, there's so much more to hearing tests and hearing evaluations than the hearing van leads you all to believe. So it is, um, I think that's one of the things that people are quite surprised by is just the comprehensive nature that goes into it. A lot of the screenings that, uh, screenings and tests that you are all doing active duty is just to make sure you're within that OSHA requirement of no shifts in hearing. But there really is so much more to hearing and that we go into if we need to. I mean, there are some people that they, their tests say that everything's normal, but they don't feel normal. And we talk about what that means from a processing standpoint. There's a lot of research being pumped in through the VA system right now, actually, that looks at auditory processing in relation to blast exposure overseas. And what does that mean? And how does that shape you're right now, but not only you're right now, how does that shape 10 years from now when you're having a conversation in a restaurant with your family? It's, it's a pretty dynamic, really dynamic field that we're, I'm pretty grateful to be a part I have of. A, I have a question. So during this yeah. COVID era, the pandemic, um, the third time I got COVID, <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I got it. How like, lucky are, how lucky are you? 2020. I'm so lucky. And then I got it 2021 in January. And then I got it 2021 and December and January. So the last time I got it, 
I couldn't hear. Everything felt like I was underwater the whole freaking time until like two weeks later, my ears just popped and it was good. Mm -hmm. Like, um, have you seen a lot of those cases and, um, have you seen some that are long-term effects because of COVID? A great question. So what I can speak to right now is there is definitely a lot of research going into that. What are the effects? Um, a lot of times it is hard to say X caused Y because some mm -hmm. of these people that are experiencing a sudden hearing loss don't have a prior hearing test. So from the world of research, we like to have a before and after, just like the military likes to have a right. before and after. So, but what I can say is a lot of times if you're feeling really stuffed up, all here, all here, that sinus pressure also backs in to your middle ear space, which causes that feeling as if you're underwater or your ears are plugged and you're trying to talk through that. Right. Um, we've also seen, um, whether it's in relation to COVID, the disease itself, or in relation to the vaccine, um, some people, if they've had ringing in their ears before, some will say that they've had a temporary increase in that ringing. Um, as a, as a statement, there is no label on there right now saying that one will cause the other. Cause I um, have tinnitus. And then this, when the last time I got COVID I was vaccinated. So mm -hmm. who knows? It is, um, it's very, and that's where they're looking into seeing is tinnitus going to become, um, one of the side effects of COVID, one of the temporary side effects of the vaccine. Uh, we always encourage our patients, especially ones that were like, oh, I noticed an increase in the ringing in between vaccine number one and number two. Um, what am I supposed to do? Should I get number three? And that's where we always encourage people to talk to the doctor. We could look to see, is it medication related? Is it a mix of a lot of other things? Are you just predisposed to that ringing in your ears? So it's been very, very interesting. And Something that's also pretty interesting from a career standpoint is I graduated with my doctoral degree in 2020. So my audiology right, world congratulations. Is, is only COVID times. Um, I always tell my patients like, oh, oh, next time I see you, maybe you can see my whole face. Like a lot of them <laughs> haven't seen my whole face yet. Mm -hmm. uh, we keep it. We keep our whole face on our business cards just as like a reminder, mm -hmm. like, hey, we're still the same people. You just can only see from here up. Um what made you um what made you go into audi audiology? Like walk us through that story. So it actually is a very cute story, heartwarming story, I think. So I, love, I, love, I love cute heartwarming stories. Do I need tissues? Because um okay. Because I'm a crier and I will I, ugly cry. <laughs> I went to so I went to Penn State for undergrad. So I'm a big Penn Stater for all of you, all of you out there. There are a lot of us. Um Big Penn Stater, but wasn't a big Penn Stater until I went there. I was one of those people that, you know, never went to a football game before I went to Penn State. So it, I was an anomaly. Um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. If anyone hasn't gone to one, it's a lot of fun. Um, but ever since I was in fourth grade, so when I was quite younger, um, I wanted to be a meteorologist. I wanted to be a weather woman. I wanted to move to Florida and I wanted to chase hurricanes. That was my dream. Not saying I'm not my dream job right now, but that was my dream. And I was going to have two dogs and they were going to be my hurricane hunting dogs. And I was going to live in Florida and we were going to do reports from the beach. And like, I had this all played out. And then in high school, I was like, Oh, do I really like this as a hobby? I mean, at that point I was watching 
the weather channel constantly tracking every hurricane coming in. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, if I get into Penn state, which is one of the, one of the best meteorology schools, I was like, I have to go there and at least give my fourth grade dream a try. And I got there and I realized, wow, I love the weather and I hate math. And I also hate chemistry. And those two classes happen to be the first ones. Yeah. It's all so math and chemistry, actually. <laughs> I, yeah, all of it. And, um, I have a lot of friends that are meteorologists. Like all of my friends are, a lot of them are meteorologists because I met them all my freshman year of college or are in some sort of earth and mineral sciences degree. Um, so shout out to all of them. And I was sitting there and I was like, I need a plan B. Like, I know I want to be in a field with people. I want to do something with people. I don't know to what extent. I loved working with kids. That was, um, the pediatric world was a fascinating one to me. Little infant development, fascinating. And I was like, I just don't know what to do with that. And my one very good friend that I met through the College of Earth and Mineral Sciences at Penn State he was like, you remind me a lot of my sister's audiologist. And I was like, Ooh, I have no idea what that is. Um, but that seems like something I should look into because he was very supportive of trying to, you know, everyone in college yeah. is trying to figure things out. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I looked into it and he was telling me about, he had two siblings that he had more siblings, but two of them had hearing loss and one and their levels of hearing loss were very different. Um, some were progressive. And he talked about what it was like to have a sister with a cochlear implant from when she was very young, a brother with a cochlear implant when he was a little bit older. And I loved it. And I talked to his mom about what it was like to be a mom of kids with hearing loss at very different stages. And I have him to thank for leading me into this path here. And it's, it's been really great. Really, really awesome. great. Now, did they do ASL also, sign language and stuff? So no. they they did not. They okay. were um, primary oral, oral communication. So there are the best type of communication is the one that you have access to. So there are some members of the deaf community, especially a lot in the DC area where, where we are, that um, communicate utilizing sign language or a form mm -hmm. of total communication. Um, and then there are other, other people with hearing loss, um, whether it's severe to profound, that communicate orally and uh, supplement that by reading lips. That's why the pandemic yeah. with masks has been really hard for people with hearing loss. Yeah. Because especially if you're at a level, even if it's mild, you're like, oh, I didn't realize how much I relied on facial expressions and facial cues. And with that, essentially gone at this point, you really do lose some of that. So um, there's been, it's been a really interesting time for speech pathologists and audiologists trying to supplement their care and therapies for the younger ones who are just learning how to utilize, um, utilize their devices and communicate in an oral world. And then it also for people that may not have thought they had a hearing loss, getting them in um, because they're noticing harder times with hearing. Great. Um, so you mentioned that your dream was to live in Florida and we were talking earlier and you lived in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> I did. I did. So we, how was that? So we loved it down there. Um, my husband was stationed down in Jacksonville, so he's also in the Navy. Um, so a lot of military connections here. Um, and he was stationed down in Florida 
And that was also while I was com- completing my graduate program up at the University of Pittsburgh. So I spent a Were lot you, of time um, in, in school, actual school during COVID. And, no. So or was it like I, online? It was. So I was done with my, I had my thesis to defend. That was the last thing that I needed to do that they quickly said, you're going to do a Zoom meeting virtually. And we were like, mm. what is that? How are we doing now? It's like second nature to, second nature to do something yeah. like that. But it was, we were getting so creative because it's a big presentation. Mm, yeah, I gave it like stacked up with different textbooks that I could stand and use my hands and all of that. And now <laughs> thinking, I'm like, my God, I could have just sat down. It would have been fine. Um, so I was essentially done. Um, but the interesting thing with COVID and being down in Florida. So I was down in Florida because my husband was preparing to deploy for nine months right at the start of COVID. So his ship was for deploying over to Rota, Spain, um, where they currently are. That ship currently is now. He's um, finished that tour. So he's back here. But they, I was like, the military doesn't do anything on time. Like they don't do anything on time. It's not actually going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I was defending. I was defending my thesis the Friday. So everything shut down with COVID. Like Monday, they were like, "You're not going to graduate in person." Like all these life events that mm-hmm. you know we took for took for granted. Um, and then I was. They're like, "You're going to do your thesis and stuff online." We were like, "Okay, that's fine. We got it. We're creative. We're cool." And I was like, "There's no way you're deploying." I was like, "There's no way you." It, really like we saw yeah. what happened with some of these other things there's just no way and this was the one time that they decided to be and they actually on went <laughs> on time they left uh saturday the 21st wow of, so of march my uh one my my sister's husband deployed during covid and they did not touch land the entire time the entire well, yeah. time because of COVID. I'm like, what? I can't even yeah, imagine. They had a really, they had a really, like 10 really cool tour lined up that mm-hmm. they um, essentially just pulled in for, he's done a destroyer. So they still had to pull in for fuel every once in a while. Um, but they were supposed, I mean, they were doing whole Europe, Mediterranean, all the way north. I mean, but we, we, we know Florida, like, you guys don't follow rules. So during COVID, no, there were, <laughs> were you none. outside or? Did you go to the beach and assess the weather? Yes, there was um, <laughs> what, like a very, very interesting. I was down in Florida for a lot of big 2020 events. Um, yeah. Very different from other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. And we, um, I would say the biggest thing was trying to get my patients to be compliant, just in clinic. I'm like, can you just put a mask on? Like we have people that are 95 I'm free. Years old. I live in Florida. What do you mean? Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> so, and that's fine. Um, I was like, right out in the parking lot, you could be as free as you want to be. I was like, here. <laughs> so I would teach, I, and as you know, you know, when people are wearing masks and hearing aids, you have to remember to like, really think about it. Otherwise that hearing aid is going to end up in a grocery store on the floor. Mm -hmm. So I would always be like, okay, let's, let's discuss putting the mask on over your hearing gate. How are we going to do this? I'm like, I don't wear a mask anywhere else, but in front of you, I'm like, that's great. That's all I need to hear is (laughs) just right here. So I was down in in Florida for full time. I was doing a lot of back and forth for um, the four years that I was up in Pittsburgh. I became a very familiar solo flyer back and forth. A lot, every flight that I was on was delayed. 
every single time. And I was only going yeah. down there for a weekend. It was like um, every other seat was occupied. Like for what? Like we're still in the same plane. I don't get it. Exactly. But it was great because the, the tickets were like 50 bucks. So that was well, nice. I've been, <laughs> I, during COVID, my family lives up in Philadelphia. So I was back and forth a little bit too. Um, spent one of the months of the summer. I actually, before we knew where we were moving, I couldn't start being an audiologist because I didn't know what state we were going to. Um, I was a nanny for a six, a six week old. So that Aww. was a blast. Um, held a baby all day. Uh, but when I drove from Philadelphia to Jacksonville, record time, um, because there was no one on the road. And I was like, my car going to get checked. Um, because we were in limbo as to also where we were moving. So we were kept supposed to get orders, supposed to get orders. I was like, all right, I'll do the move by myself. Um, that way, when you come home, like we'll, we'll do what, you know, we'll just start life wherever it'll be. Um, and then you're telling every military spouse story ever. Like I, uh, after I got out of active duty, oh man, whenever my husband got orders, I was always like, I'm the first one to get there, get the house situated. Like you got to get all of this done. And then they just come home to a house. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I just did all this stuff. I got the kids in school, you know, and, and that's what we are so much. Yeah. It's just the two of us. So I cannot imagine doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, like, you know, trying to mentally prepare for more than one human to do this. Um, but we ended up, it made more sense for us to just say it got pushed back so much that we, I just stayed in Jacksonville and I worked at a clinic down there that was looking for someone to cover for three months. And I was like, I, this is a military spouse's dream job. Mm -hmm. I'm only here for three months. Um, and it was one of the most incredible and rewarding three to four months that I've ever had um just working in worked in a really low income area um kind of doing what we can with what we had to give to them um and not sacrificing any level of care because they couldn't afford it and then packed up um my husband came home we had our pack up the next day we cleaned up the next day and we drove up to virginia so it was Quick, quick, quick. You got to leave a rewarding career that you love and just say, peace out, guys. I got to go because like military, like, you know, and a lot of times like we don't um, give military spouses enough credit because just as children like April is a military child month, um, Mm -hmm. the spouses, you know, they they're resilient. Also, they have to go through all these changes all the time, um, career changes. And so another thing I wanted to ask you is about your licensing. So I, do you have to get licensed from state to state and does, and that transfers? That is a wonderful question. And thankfully there is a lot of legislation going on right now for, uh, military spouses. So the ones that are in the allied health related fields and lawyers, and they're going to slowly work on, slowly work on others too. Um, but the nice thing is, is there are some states that hold reciprocity in other states. Um, Virginia's not one, or the ones that I ran, we're not one of them, but mm-hmm. it's a lot easier. They, um, the military, if you have current orders, they will cover your licensing. So you're able to get your licensing paid for, essentially the paperwork and the certificate paid for um, by your, either your own orders or your, your family's orders. So you're okay. able to submit that and just say, hey, we're moving, we're PCSing to this area. I am current, I'm in good standing in this state. I need a license in this other one. And they're able to 
able to cover that and um it made it a lot definitely made it definitely a lot makes easier. life easier because you don't have, i mean i remember um back before they passed those laws in uh, most of the states i had a friend who was a registered nurse and had oh, to get yeah. re-registered she has she's like registered in like four or five different states because of all the moves that she's and done that's you what know a um, lot of being a, spouse. a lot of military spouses have to think about is okay do i want to keep this license active just mm-hmm. in case we move back there um, or when you're like, like for me, a lot of my friends in my audiology graduating class were like, oh, I'm sending my test scores and everything to this state. And I'm like, oh, I'll just pick five, I guess. And hopefully we end up in one of those five we didn't. <laughs> so then I sent it to a sixth one. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is definitely something that is a bit of a challenge and a bit of a hindrance for people getting into these types of fields that mm-hmm. require a license because it's very intimidating, but something that I think was nice is as a military spouse, my friends and I that are also spouses have really come to say that's not our whole identity in the sense that we don't need to put everything on pause, even though sometimes Mm -hmm. we have to, um, there's always a workaround and we're, I mean, right now, when you add children into it, things like that, it does make it harder to determine childcare standpoint, but unfortunately everybody is dealing with that right now. Um, but something that we always said was we, while it's part of our identity, it's not our whole one. Um, yeah, you don't make me, your husband's job, your entire identity. Exactly. And some, yes, yeah, some <laughs> dependas do, mm-hmm. uh, they're, and they exist. I, you, you meet them and you're like, <laughs> I know right. you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that was something that was very uh, interesting to grasp in the military yeah, community yeah, because yeah. you are treated <laughs> as nothing until you're married. Um, as far as just being a spouse to someone in active duty or in military service, um, you get your dependent card and you're like, oh, you don't love that word. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. It is what it is, but I don't say like, oh, I am his, like sometimes I say it as a joke, like oh, you're dependent. Yeah. Um, <laughs> My husband goes, there you go, dependent. I'm like, excuse yes. me, I was active duty. Uh, yes. What do you mean? Right. I have degrees, yes. you know, but um, I think this is a perfect topic for um, national moving month because yeah. May, I mean, it's, it's national moving month. That's when school's over and like, houses go for sale and most most people service members are pcsing this this time because they cater towards their children's um school year right Mm -hmm. and so i remember when i was in hawaii and this was back in like 2015 so not long ago um we were there from 2012 to 2015 and um i was getting my bsba in accounting there and like they were trying to yeah they, and I was going in person, in person school at um, University of Hawaii, no, Hawaii Pacific University. And um, they were trying to transfer my husband um, in March. And I was like, you know what? You can just go because I've been, I literally went to like four colleges already. Right. And I'm like, I'm not this, I'm not leaving until I graduate in May. Like, there's no way. So right. he, he thankfully had a good detailer that allowed him to stay Till like oh, literally God. the day after I graduated, we had to move to New Orleans. But um, yeah, so I mean, it was a lot of life changes. I got my BSBA in accounting. And because of that licensing stuff, I never did my CPA. 
<laughs> and that's what and one plus of it's my, a lot. Like it's a lot. One of my mm-hmm. friends is actually going through that same situation mm-hmm. right now. Um, she received her um, same degree that you had from down in Jacksonville. She mm-hmm. went to a couple different colleges before being able to graduate from there. And then they PCS over to Rhoda. And yeah, she's wow. like, well, I'm not going to do anything. I can't do anything mm-hmm. here. That's where you are. That's where you do feel like a true dependent is over overseas. I hear it's just because you really can't work to do anything. But the um, that's the same. She's like, I don't know where I'm going to get where that license is going to come in. So it is a very hard, especially very, when you're international. Like, I don't oh, know yeah. how because before we move, thankfully, we have orders at least three months in advance. Um, but I'm always looking at jobs like six months to a year of all these possible places. And so that's how mm-hmm. I landed in Jacksonville. My husband's actually, he's geo right now. So he's actually in, oh, in cool. Virginia um, on the, on a ship out there, but mm-hmm. um, I'm out here in uh, Jacksonville and um, he's going to retire in the next few years. So I'm like, we're, we're just going to settle down and establish roots here. So, um, I mean, as a spouse, I'm like, dude, I'm tired. I'm tired of moving as a spouse. I was tired. And then I also did it when I was active duty and I was like, listen, I'm just, I'm, I'm done. I'm like, cause every time I have to change my career or look for, you know, a lateral transfer and I work right. in the government and that doesn't work that we can't just be like, oh, my husband's PCSing, let me transfer to this same office. But in right. this, you can't right. do that. You have to actually apply for the job and compete for it. Like it doesn't, it's not easy. So, well, and that's what it's a big discussion right now mm. in the military spouse community is do you disclose that you are a military no. spouse? Um, no, you're and a supposed lot of to, but I never know mm-hmm. until you see what your resume looks like. And thankfully where I work right now is very, very supportive. Um, mm. They knew, they did know it from the beginning because they were like, uh, mm-hmm. you've lived in three different States in the last, you know, six months. And they were very supportive, but I think that's also because we work with a lot of veterans and the DC area is a revolving door. Everybody is moving. You don't have to just be in military right. staff to have a partner that is in a job that rotates and or is contractor or things like that. So the place where I work is very, very understanding, but I'm also in a private practice right now, whereas some hospital networks, though they cannot legally say that they didn't hire you because of your potential yeah. to move, um, a lot of them, like their HR department will say there's just not enough time to train you. So and very, it's a big debate in the speech pathology, audiology it, world right now. It's a huge debate. And I learned not to say that I was a military spouse because I had a very great job in Hawaii and they were like bright. They pretty much were giving me all these bonuses and a raise to stay because, um, mm-hmm. It was it was a great job. I was like a regional manager um, for H and R Block, and they were like, "We need you. You need to stay here." H and R Block, I don't yeah. love right now, but <laughs> right, I but, like you. Don't and, love them right now. Uh, and they were like, "Well, we're gonna like let you have three offices in this whole side of the island," and I'm like, "And they're gonna give me thousands and thousands of dollars," and I'm like, "I just can't. I can't stay. I'm a military yes. spouse." And then like after I left, I heard that 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 district manager said that he'll never hire a military spouse again because they were just so devastated that I left because I made such an impact on the com- company that I just had to go. And they were like, you know, like, but um, so the next jobs after that, I lied through my teeth. I was like, 
oh, I'm, I'm staying here for the long run. I love it here. And my family's actually retiring or, or I tell them, oh, my husband was, I said, my husband was, but he's retired. He's not retiring for like another six years. Right? right. But I will tell them like, oh yeah, my husband's retired and we're staying here for the long run. So I would lie through my fucking teeth when I'm doing um, the interviews or resumes or whatever it's, phone it's interviews. Very interesting. And there are some spouses that will also say, well, when you say you won't hire someone because of, because of that, then you're kind of disrespecting the military right? a little mm-hmm. bit too. And there are some spouses that'll say, I just won't work there. If I wouldn't, if what my family has to do every few years is not respected, then is that really a company that I want to work for? Right, um, exactly. So it is really, it's a very, I talked to all of my professors about it uh, before I graduated. And I asked one of them as she was the director of audiology at at the university of Pittsburgh. I was like, do you, would you not hire someone because of this? And she said, no, like legally we can't. Um, And also like, if you're a good candidate and you're qualified, then you're a good candidate and you're qualified. And I thought that was motivating to hear because all you hear is, the not as good side of that. Yeah. yeah. Let's switch gears. So, it's fine. Um, we were, we were talking on the pre-show about, um, it's also celiac disease awareness month. And I wasn't aware of that. So why don't you tell us Clifford, don't you have some celiac disease stories? Tell us a little bit about your oh, yeah. experience with that. Oh yeah. So, um, I have a, my younger sister has two kids that have celiacs and we were talking in the pre-show about, you know, but they were in rural Missouri and when they were diagnosed in early 2000s, I think it was, or late nineties, there was a gluten-free food available. You know, anybody knows anything about celiacs is you can't have gluten. That's, you know, anything with meat products or, 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 you know, certain noodles. So you have to completely change their diet because how it affects their gut and, and it's, it's yeah. really painful and, and what they go. And it was actually, you know, that robbing their bodies of nutrients because their body was fighting and attacking, you know, the gluten in their system. And so other things were getting passed on. And so um, when I would leave and I was stationed in Virginia at the time. And so when I would go home to Missouri, I'd load my car up with all this gluten-free food because you could get it in Virginia. Um, so my sister would have it. And then eventually, you know, you know, they can get gluten. But I think a lot of people... Um, don't understand, they, you know, people talk about celiacs, they talk about gluten-free diets, but I don't think they really understand what it is uh, to have that disease and, and carry it forward. And, and fortunately, um, uh, Jenna was telling us in the pre-show that she actually has um, celiacs disease and, and, and how it affects her. And, and I know for Emily, um, my sister's youngest, when she was having issues, she stopped eating gluten, everything was good and, and things were going good. This is a, a note that I brought up because I didn't think about it but her, her levels were still high and they couldn't figure out why, but come to find out it was the lotion she was using. And, and, uh, and I was thinking, who would ever even think about lotion? Having I had gluten no idea. They put gluten it's, it's pretty amazing. And so helps everything, stay um, to, it's an agent that helps everything stay together. So like the lotion and stay together. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a thickening agent in a lot of foods too, but definitely lotion as well. So you also said it's also in like prescription pills. So, I mean, what do I do then? Like, how are they going to take, like, say if I need Motrin and I'm going to the Corman and I told them I'm, I have a stomach ache or hurting. They give me an 800 milligram Motrin, you know, that has, what's it called in it? 
gluten in it. Yeah. So, and a lot of them, a lot of the over the counter is fine. It's the ones that are those one-off prescriptions that you have to be careful with. Um, but yes, it's a very, um, it's very interesting. And I will say that some of the, there is a little bit to thank with gluten being a fad diet, because with that, a lot more food options have become available. So the people with celiac, um, well, like I, I want everyone to do what is best for their body. Um, but there is a, there are some people that, you know, don't believe celiac is real, you know, all that. We don't need to get into that. But with that more quote fad side of it, there are every restaurant now that you go to has a gluten-free option or they at least know about it. Um, because a lot of, um, and pizza, does, pizza is a big deal. <laughs> pizza is a big deal. And I'm on, the, I'm on a mission to find the best thing for pizza. <laughs> right. And we try, uh, I've tried a lot around mm-hmm. Virginia. Um, but it is, it's, it, you just get used to it. I know it doesn't taste good. I mean, God bless my husband. He's going free pasta now because it's just, we don't mm-hmm. make two pots. And I'm like, do you miss it? You, you miss the real stuff. It gets crumbly um, kind of faster so than I regular pasta. I found good ones. So Which what I, brand do you use? So Trader Joe's okay. has a good quinoa based one. You want to look for something that has more than just one ingredient. So corn based mm-hmm. pasta only has corn. Corn gets pretty translucent, just like rice does. So there are some brands like I look for, like the corn and quinoa mix. Um, Banza makes naturally gluten-free pasta with protein in it too. So a lot of things oh. that I was trying to do after my celiac diagnosis was how do I, how do I get this protein back? Cause food would just go through me. So I wasn't yeah. absorbing, I wasn't absorbing anything. Um, and so finding like, it just really is amazing and it's not immediate. The effects of just, Oh, I, I now eat gluten-free for one day. It takes months and then yeah, or for does. me for mm-hmm. me at least it took it took a long time because I had so much damage done that I you know yeah took I heard it to- took ye- it takes years to just get it like all out of your system and like I know I need to get a test because whenever I eat anything with gluten I feel sick um, I get bloated I'm immediately tired um, and then, so yeah. how do you like, how do you go about asking a doctor? Hey, let me get, let me get this test. Like, how do I know if I am or not? You know? So I will say what I did for me. Um, my, one of my best friends also got a late celiac diagnosis and she was like, this sounds exactly like you. Um, so she also was kind of a motivator for me. Cause at that point when you complain of, I mean, I had very targeted stomach pains, right? where your stomach and your small intestine meet for years, years and years. That's normal. And And obviously as I get older, it's worse. And I, you know, they would, you know, scan stuff, nothing, nothing, nothing. And then there does come a time where you're like, okay, am I making, am I just, is this just, am I being dramatic? Am I being nervous for no reason? Um, And finally, but at the time, like, the word celiac wasn't, I mean, we're talking not even 10 years ago, but that celiac wasn't as regularly tested. So it wasn't anything that when I would, you know, complain of it, like they were just like, Oh, it just kind of is what it is. I mean, I grew up eating pasta every single day. 
every mm. single day. Mm. I come from an Italian family where all we know how to do is eat eight course meals of pasta at everyone. All carbs. Uh, so all <laughs> carbs. So this is one of the things where it's like, is it really that? And then I thought it was, you know, milk sensitivity and this whole time, that's probably what it was. I mean, I would have such a brain fog. Like I could have a conversation with you and then really not sure if I'm even present during that conversation. Um, And finally, I asked my primary care doctor, I was seen at the University of Pittsburgh Health Clinic, like of all places, they were just like, she was like, yeah, let's just do blood work. I'll call you with the results. And um, they got me set up there. And then I was seen by a nutritionist at University of Pittsburgh Medical Center, UPMC, and they were fabulous because you essentially have to teach yourself how to eat again and teach yourself not to be scared of eating. Um, Cause that was one of the things that um, you hear a, a lot of is, well, can't you just eat a little bit? Can't you just do a little bit? Oh, it's just one thing. <laughs> and I'm like, do you not realize the amount of work that I've had to put into yeah. it both mentally and physically to get to this point I already was a little nervous with allergies with my, right. I have anaphylaxis to peanuts. So already a little nervous about that. Um, but the nutritionist was like, you're just going to learn how to eat again. And you're not going to starve. Reminded me of that. You are not going to starve. You are going to eat things and the food is going to taste good. And it does. And there are some things that you really cannot taste the difference. I mean, when you add a lot of butter to something, it doesn't, it doesn't taste any different. So we always have this um, running joke when, you know, I became a fan that this um, bag of apples literally had a sticker gluten-free like, well, no shit. It's apples. What do you mean? Why would there be gluten in there? I know. And there are like, there are some, like some foods are trickier than others. Like there Mm -hmm. are, you know, tortilla chips are generally pretty safe until you go to a restaurant. They're like, oh, we used wheat with those. And I'm like, the flour ones. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) there, there are definitely some ones that are a little trickier than others, but it's one of those things where I'm happy that I was old enough to be an advocate for myself for it too. And then also just, um, kind of taking ownership of it and looking at, I mean, I'm, I always was someone that would look at menus before I would go there, but now I really am to make sure that it's uh, something that I, you know, something that I can eat there. But yes, do that awareness month. Let's go. I know. It's a better speech and hearing month. (laughs) Got that one. See that awareness month. Got that one. Yep. Moving. We're not, thankfully not moving. We are not moving, but we are selling um, as a plug. If anyone needs a house in Jacksonville, we are selling our house in Jacksonville, You said Fort Fort Caroline. Caroline. I don't know where that's at. I just moved here in October. I'm at beaches area. So if your beaches are here, Mm -hmm. go up towards Mayport Mm -hmm. and then. Oh, you got to cross the ferry. No, not all the way up there. So go up to go up to like you're about to go to Mayport and Hannah uh-huh. Park. Uh-huh. Turn left and then take that road all the way. Down. Oh, OK. That's kind of near so, me. It's not. It is not far from beaches. There's like Maybe there's a minutes. hike there. Yes. Yes. OK. And yes. like you could see the river and all that stuff. I yes. did that hike. OK, cool. Yes. Yeah, I know exactly where that's at. So Fort Caroline is um, beautiful. I mm-hmm. mean, we're in a. A neighborhood near there. We're not on yeah. one of the houses on the river. We're not one of the houses <laughs> on the river. Uh, but we. Oh, it's um, a great area. I love it. 
yeah, we have been renting, um, renting the house out down there and utilize hover girl properties, which is a military, uh, military founded. What is it called? Hover, hover girl, hover girl. Okay. Cool. So they were our property managers. They were very helpful for me when I was getting the house ready alone. Um, they helped me like decorate it. I was running around, of course, up until the last minute for them to come and take pictures. And she's like, okay, like, where do we want to put this? What do we want to do here? So, um, it was, so it's was, it was for sale good. in Duval. 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 <laughs> um, yes. So fun fact, this um, I heard that the past two years, um, Duval County in Jacksonville is the most moved to city. It and is. It what, is. One of the reasons is that ma- our mayor, he's been putting up billboards in major cities like New York, L.A. or D.C. saying, come move to Jacksonville. Well, I will say of any Ubers that we took, like in the Jacksonville area to either go downtown, go down to beaches, whatever. Mm-hmm. None of them were Jacksonville born and raised. It's All so hard to find a, a local like. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. hard All to find like are... a native Jackson, Jacksonvilleonian. I don't even know how to I don't, say it. I don't think they exist. There's yeah. not a word for it. I don't think they exist. They're like unicorns. <laughs> they uh, they really are and it was a it was a cool place because it had some of the northern influences mm-hmm. um very pretty we love we loved loved our time there i mean there is not something to be said about walking on the beach in december yeah there's just something to be said about it and it's a beautiful beautiful feeling <laughs> let's see what else so i have this whole calendar of like what it is for a month of may so we have we have the better speech and language celiac disease correct your posture definitely it's national listen <laughs> it's national asparagus month like, oh, like what's the, yeah that's and then the cheese month of course um health and fitness and um brain cancer and brain tumor awareness month foster mm-hmm. care month national barbecue Ooh. month so it's national barbecue there you month. Go. And it's National Military Appreciation Month. So we have at the end of this month, we have Memorial Day. And yeah. a lot of people, you know, kickstarted off with a barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, but we all know what Memorial Day is for. And that's yeah. to remember those who have gone before us and made the ultimate sacrifice. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, let's see what else. Salad oh. month. Salsa month. It's Cico de Mayo. Date your mate mate month. Date your mate. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know. I mean, every time we do these shows, I try to like, you know, talk about something relevant and what's going on. Um, And you know what? Um, So I was on TikTok and like, for some reason, I I am on the ASL algorithm now. And that's when I first heard about. Once you're there, you you do not get off And it's so cool. Like. This there's this girl. She has a co- cochlear um, implant, and she's deaf. Um, but she likes she's like on beat with the songs, and like she's also signing the song and dancing. It's like it's really so cool. a That's lot of I, them yeah. feel a lot of them feel the rhythm through yeah. the bass, so yeah. they can you know, stand next to a speaker and feel the bass of it, um, mm-hmm. and that's how it also supplements listening to music. Um, it is. It is a beautiful, beautiful language. And there are um, stories around here, around Gallaudet University, that 
are staffed and owned by people whose primary language is American Sign Language. Um, and it encourages people to step outside their comfort zone when they're trying to order a Starbucks coffee or yeah. something. That's and- what I was going to say. Is that where the Starbucks, um, ASL Starbucks is over there in D.C., right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I got on that TikTok. I- <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like on my so algorithm is- for some reason now. It is mm. very, um, it is a, a absolutely beautiful, beautiful language. And it's very um, culture. like there are cultural Oh, dialects that's hard um dialects depending on where you live in right. the country too so you have a little bit of the slang if you're there's a southern twang asl ASL version i thought it was uh, really, really cool. neat when i was at disney world and they're doing this parade and it's so loud you can't even hear if you're talking like right next to the person but these people are across the street talking about i want to order a churro like doing sign language. It was so cool. I'm like, wow, they're just literally just communicating from across the street. Oh, just yeah. Sign language like and everyone's over here yelling at each other because we can't hear them so loud. You know, we've all been to Disneyland or Disney World and it gets pretty hectic there. So I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, it is. It's a really a very cool language and a lot of um, it's a manual language. So babies before they can move their tongues and form those words, a lot right. of them have better control over Milk. their hand movement. Yeah, so yeah, baby, I taught my fine, daughter. Is, mm-hmm. baby fine is a big, big thing. Big thing, yeah. and it's so nice. Yeah, I remember when I was uh, a new mom again, and it was a while since I had a baby. I think it was, the age difference is probably like eight or nine years. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I learned that you can teach your baby sign language. So my daughter knew like change diaper or milk. And I forgot mm-hmm. what else it was or and more. She knew yeah. how to sign some of those. So that's pretty cool how like babies can learn that. Oh, yeah. And it just stimulates, stimulates your brain. You're learning. So learning, it stimulates the language center. And there's a lot of people that'll say, um, but it doesn't, but it does. And speech pathologists are the same. Like you're not doing any harm and any delays by teaching your baby some baby sign because it's right. really mm-hmm. teaching them the independence to yep. take ownership on what they're looking for. Yeah. Pretty cool. It is pretty awesome. Well, Dr. Valenia, it's such an honor to have you on our show. It was so Thank nice you. speaking with you. Um, we're going to go ahead and close it out. Do you have any closing remarks for our audience? Um, one, thank you so much for having me. And two, it's been a lot of fun to be able to give back to the community in different ways. Um, it's nice to work in a career that allows me and allows others in our profession to be able to do that. And we always encourage routine hearing screenings. If you have any concerns or if your partner has any concerns for you, you can come in. <laughs> yes, come in and get a check. There's, um, it's always good to think something that we're starting to do more during COVID now is just take ownership of our health and mm-hmm. our hearing is part of that. Right on. Clifford, yeah. you said you had the new shirts. Plug in your website. What is your website? Clifford.w.bond, my website. And hopefully soon these will be available on Veteran Trash Talk. You can get your mental health warrior t-shirt and you can maybe save a life. I also want to say, uh, you know, Dr. Lady, I want to thank you for not only giving me the hearing aids that you you got me because they're they're pretty awesome, um, but you know all the little things that I missed, uh, you know, with my little one, I got a seven year old and eighteen year old, I'm watch, 
And it's amazing when you can hear things again, how much you missed. And, and my family would always tell me, why are you yelling at me? Why are you always mad, dad? And I wasn't because I didn't realize how loud I was talking because I couldn't hear myself. And so I was mm-hmm. you know, screaming at him and didn't realize it. Because they always said, you know, dad, why are you mad? Why are you mad? And, you know, the hearing aids are great. I mean, you can't even see them. I mean, they're, they're little. So they go in and out pretty easy. No, nobody ever. Of course, I don't think about it now. The one she got me now fit a lot more comfortable, <clears throat> excuse me, and better than the ones I had before. But quick funny story, my mom was dead set against hearing aids. Dead set against it. Her mom had the old style hearing aids. I'm talking back in the 80s. And my mom's like, I'm not hearing aids. And my mom couldn't hear crap. And so I got my hearing aids. And I'm like, hey, mom, here, just try it out. You know, just try that a little bit, you know. And she put it in. And, and it wasn't even a couple months later. With her hearing aids. I think I didn't pay because five kids pitched in and, and bought them for it. And it completely changed her life. And she was in her mid-70s and fought getting hearing aids for 20 years. So uh, it's pretty awesome. Right. So I want to I want to thank you for coming on the show uh, and you. all that you do. And I guess I'm going to see you next month for my checkup so you can mm-hmm. turn my hearing aids up again because I'm getting used to the sound again. So uh, <laughs> and with that, I'll turn it back over to you, Lynn, to close this out. <laughs> all right. Thanks so much again, Dr. Valenia. Thanks for that closeout, Cliff. You. Um, you guys go ahead and check us out on www.veterantrashtalk.com. You'll find our shop there, all the shirts, all of our shows, our YouTube shows, our podcast shows. We're available on all platforms. Check us out on Facebook. Um, Our group is called VTT Official. We have Facebook pages for Throat Punch Monday, for Pacific Tita, for Mental Health Warrior. And um, make sure to get your hearing checked, guys. So that's it for today. And thanks so much for joining us on Throat Punch Monday, guys. See you next time. Take care. All right.